What is up, everyone? Welcome to episode 12. And is it 12? Is it is it 12 or 13? We're in 12, and okay. this is going to be a different podcast for us. We just we're both as if you can hear in our audio quality, we're both quarantining ourselves, practicing social distancing, and we're doing this over Skype. Yeah, it's a new reality. Not utilizing the Taste Bud Studio or doing this remotely, trying this out, and uh, it's the, <laughs> there's a lot that we can touch on, but it's it's been it's been just a crazy last couple weeks. Um, yeah, it's hard to even think about what the world looked like the last time we had this podcast. I think it's hard to even imagine what what were we, yeah. It's like it's hard to even listen back to what that world was like and, and actually be able to relate to it. Like everything, everything from sports that we were talking about, everything from going out to eat, you know, it's, it's totally, you know, altered our reality. And this is now the new world that we live in for the foreseeable future. There's no real end in sight. There's no kind of, you know, light at the end of the tunnel. It's just, this is kind of how we're living our lives now. Like just everything, you know, there's no restaurants and there's no sports on TV. Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> I mean, can you imagine, can you imagine like asking our parents, like, uh, can you imagine our parents telling us like there was a time like 30, 40 years ago where all the restaurants were closed and there were no sports on and everyone had to stay home. The country was like shut down. We would be like, well, that seems like that, that would never happen. Like how would, that doesn't seem realistic at all. Um, yeah, it, it does. It, it happened in such a short time period. I mean, just. It was all that one night where the NBA shut down. Tom Hanks got Corona. It was when it kind of hit you in the face. And um, it, it it's still like it's still hard to believe it's that like this has happened so quickly. It, it really it's just I know. It, it's really hard to wrap your head around. It's like nothing else really to say. It's uh, it's just, you know, it, it's crazy to think about our first, uh, you know, bunch of episodes and, and, and the stuff we were talking about and how little it matters right now. You know, like giving a restaurant, giving a, a tip to a waiter, like there's just it really puts things in perspective. Like the things we were talking about, and the and the world we were living in are just totally different. I mean, I can't even like I can't even listen to an old episode of ours right now without thinking like, who cares? I know it's. I mean, it's completely changed the direction of this podcast. It's right. it, everything seems trivial now. I mean, the whole restaurant world. Um, is still kind of trying to pick up the pieces and, and figure out what what happens next. And I know we're going to definitely be talking about, um, you know, what 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 has been said about the industry, kind of the first, you know, what 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 first happened, how people are now like it, it's like the different stages of 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 like you know of depression, right? It's like it's like you accept right. what the reality is, and now you you like it's it, it it's now it's the next step is is like where do you go from here like what what, what is the next what is the next what is the world going to look like um after this has happened it's to totally changes everything yeah and you know and and uh i i highly encourage any of our listeners to you know follow people like david chang who we've mentioned a million times on this podcast and who you know who has been tweeting about sort of the changes that that restaurants are going to need to make and that and how the reality is just going to be different now i mean you you hear statistics like 75 percent of all restaurants won't be able to even reopen 
I mean, that's that's crazy. I mean, I don't are people realizing what that what this means for the restaurant industry? I think there's a lot of people who who think that when this is all over, all these restaurants are just going to open back up. They just were able to push pause and then and then that's it. They'll open back up. I mean, d- restaurants are just not built to survive this. They're just not. It's yeah, already sort of, talk, of a hot. Talk a little bit. I know that, like we said, not many people understand the economics behind the restaurant industry. And, and I think that's kind of what I want to explain to people in this podcast is you would be a good kind of person to do that. So do you want to just explain a little bit why this is hitting the restaurant industry so hard and, and why it matters more than for most industries specifically? Yeah. And and I, and I will, I'll preface this by saying, you know, I haven't worked in the restaurant industry. I'm, I, you know, there's million people that know more about this than me. Um, but I've, I feel like I've read enough to, to be a little educated on the fact that, and, and you don't even really need to read up that much to know that, the the restaurant economic model is such a high wire act that they're that they're doing. I mean, the fact that they have such high fixed costs, they pay such high rent, they have such um, they have uh, such high employee uh, payroll that they have to meet every week. I mean, the fact that that if there's any business interruption, uh, th- this is what happens. I mean, these restaurants just go under and. 50% of all restaurants fail within a year anyway if, if things are going well. I mean, how many times have we heard of restaurants that close that have nothing happen to it? They just close. They, the model doesn't work. The margins are too thin. Um, it's just a really hard business to get into. It's, it's why a lot of people don't even want to get into that industry. So it's the type of industry that if anything happens to it like this, they're just screwed. And – um, you know, it, it's, it's terrible because, you know, a lot of restaurant owners are just, they, they build their, they build their business over their course of their lives and they put everything they have into it. And then something like this comes along and, and that's it. And, uh, it's, it's really heartbreaking. It's really, really heartbreaking when you see people, um, you know, that, that lose everything, they pour everything into it. So, you know, if you're if you if you read up on the economics of a restaurant, you'll think to yourself, why would anyone even get into this business? And guys like chefs, have, uh, restaurant owners have said the same thing. It's just not a, a stable business to get into. And if this happens, you're really you're you're pretty much done. Yeah, I mean, like you said, there's already so many risks that that are, you know, why people wouldn't want to pour money into this. And this is something that I don't think any, any people no one really saw coming as a potential risk. And um, it's now, you know, all these restaurants have to, even if they do want to reopen, it's, it's, they have to reopen in a whole new world where, you know, people are, are expecting a lot more from sanitation. They're expecting, um, you know, if delivery and takeout is, is now like, obviously it was becoming big. Now it's now shot up where it's essential in order to survive. Restaurants have to have, um, a part of their business really ready to go. Um, and I think, you know, this could open up, I mean, you think about what, what restaurants survive this, um, aside from, you know, obviously the, the franchises, but you really have to be able to pivot your business really quickly in any sort of right. circumstance like this, you have to be able to really quickly pivot your business to take out and delivery. Like there, you almost have to be able to run two different businesses within one. You can't just solely, like, I think that's the lesson learned for a lot of comp- a lot of restaurants is that. You can't put all of your eggs in one basket. You have to be able to, at the drop of a hat, be able to pivot your business to sustain itself during these these periods of, of time. Right. And, uh, you know, you look at a restaurant like we've mentioned in, in Chicago, Alinea, which is the 
if you were looking at a restaurant that would not be able to do takeout, if you were thinking of a concept, they would be the concept. They're all about the theatrics of going there. It's a high, fine dining restaurant. They have pivoted to takeout, and it, they've actually done really well this week. I'm sure that they haven't really made anything. I'm sure they're just you know covering the cost of bringing people back to work. But they're at, they they are they are making basically they've pivoted to they are making one meal per week, um, and it switches every week. And they're uh, having that one item for takeout, and they're doing really well. And um, I, it, it, what you just said is so true. You know, the, it forces these restaurant owners to pivot. And if you aren't smart enough or you don't have the ability to do it, then that's it. I mean, you know, a restaurant like Alinea, under normal circumstances, they would make no money. For, can you imagine a restaurant making no money for like a three, four month period, depending on how long this lasts? It's a death sentence, and they had to do something really quickly. I, I still don't know if they'll make it. You know, who knows? Who knows if anyone will make it? But um, it's it's going to change the industry. It really will. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you, you kind of alluded to it. So, like a lot of comp- a lot of restaurants are making the pivot, and and it's still like I think it, it blindsided so many restaurants that they're now a couple of them are now kind of trying to figure out. You know, immediately they had to shut down. It happened in like a two day span where. People understood the seriousness of this, but there was no one really early on. I feel like that I was reading that kind of understood the like how bad this could really get. It was almost like everyone had it in the back of their minds. Um, but once once it like the NBA shut down, um, and then restaurant like the government started getting involved, state government they had to shut down restaurants. Then like it really gave restaurants no time to under to react and no time to prepare. So like you had restaurants right. like you know we talk about Little Donkey and. You know, they, they tried to stay open for a little bit. They were trying to push people, like encourage people to come in. But it's it's like a, it's a it's a tricky thing because you, you 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 your only mode of being able to survive is getting people in your restaurant. But if you if it's against public safety, you like you, you have to push people out of your restaurant. So it's like it, it, it's the only it, it's really tough to, to sustain. And then a couple of uh, places that we've talked about, like Pammy's here in Cambridge. Um, they took a couple days and I feel like they probably got together, put, put together a really good menu, like a short, easy menu of, um, of options to be able to, to be taken out. And there now we've all ordered from Pammy's, um, and, and it's been a great experience and they've had to figure that whole system out in, in like a week's time, um, like what they, how they can sustain themselves, um, and actually pivot their business. Yeah. I mean, you think about it, like if, if you told all restaurants, uh, that on December 30th, you know, if it was, if it was in June and you had six months to come up with a new business plan, like some of them could be, some of them could do it. They literally had to on the fly and like a, you know, through two day period, come up with this. I mean, it just, it, it set them up in such a position to fail. Um, it's, it's really tough, you know, as a, you know, we're both huge restaurant fans as, as just, you know, you don't even have to be rest. You don't even have to be foodies to just, um, sympathize and, um, with, with, with just people that have poured everything into a, a business that is just not, is, is not going to make it, you know, like a lot of these business owners will lose everything. And, you know, like it's pretty insulting, like Donald Trump, you know, gets on there last night and says, well, restaurants will survive. They might just be under different owners. And that is just, I mean, that just sums up the problem right now is that, I mean, what is like KFC and Taco Bell going to like buy out like a restaurant like Pammy's? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. 
I know. And it's just a sad reality of like how, you know, like you said, like the rent is, is so the, the, the margins are so thin that the only companies that really can sustain these periods of time are the big corporations. They're able to like, you know, they'll, they'll probably buy out this real estate, like, you know, restaurants that don't aren't able to pay the rent if they end up closing shop, like, you know, franchises just have cheap real estate to buy up. Um, and, and that's where like, you know, it's kind of that you see this playing out and, and it's, there's really no good news. I mean, the only thing the, the government bailout, um, I'm not sure. Have you heard, I guess, if that addressed any of the eased, any of the concerns in the restaurant industry, or, or is that not really done much to, to help ease any, any of those concerns? I've been trying to follow some of the, you know, the guys like Ken Oranger and, and, and those guys on Instagram to kind of see like what they're, they, they, I, I feel like, it's a start. Like, I think that they, they think it helps. Like it's basically, you know, it allows them to take out loans that'll be forgiven if they don't, you know, if they keep 90%, although they've, a lot of them have not kept their workforce. So I don't know how it would apply to them, but, um, I I think it's a start. Like, I think that any money you're pouring into small businesses will help. Um, but the biggest thing now that I was just reading is Thomas Keller was in the news today because, so a lot of these restaurants have insurance for for business interruption. And in the fine print of the business interruption insurance is that they actually don't cover viruses. So Thomas Keller sue, is suing his insurance company. And, and it's like a very – it's like a landmark case. It has a, a potential to be a landmark case um, that – like so people are sort of all waiting to see if insurance companies will have to cover this which would help a ton of restaurants because a lot of restaurants do take out that business interruption insurance um and in that fine print they said something like it can't cover if there's a virus you know like if there's a you know how restaurants get like stomach viruses that go around you know i'm sure that that's sort of what the intention was but i, I don't i don't know i don't know what'll happen um so that's a that's sort of like a big thing that's going to be in the news the next couple of weeks, I think. Yeah, I mean, you'd think that any sort of even if it wasn't a virus, like if it, any the government literally shut down these businesses, you would think like that would regardless of what the way it was done or why it was done, like they didn't have a choice in the matter of, of right. even if they wanted to stay open. Um, the government literally just said, no, you're not allowed to. You would think that that would. But I mean, that brings up a, an interesting point where. You know, maybe this is a whole new industry of insurance is is going to have to cater to this specific issue, um, especially since this is not going anywhere anytime soon. We might even see this once we open back up, uh, you know, and in, in, in this kind of die hopefully dies down this summer. You know, we may not still have a vaccine. There still could be some more issues, you know, next fall, next winter. So restaurants have to prepare and, and be able to protect themselves in the, in, in that situation too. So, I mean, it's, right. it's still kind of, free, there, there's still so much to be answered in terms of how restaurants recover from this, if they recover. And if they do, what are they, what is the next iteration and how do they pivot their business model to, to be able to actually sustain itself? I mean, it's, it's hard to, it's sad to think about, but we just went through like the golden age of restaurants and who knows if that's ever going to go come back the way it was. Yeah. And you know, you think about it, like let's say this dies out in June and we have June, July, August where it's not super prevalent, but there's the thinking that it will come back. Do restaurants even bother reopening? 
you know, if, if they think, right. okay, well, I, I'm not going to, I can't have this happen again. You know, if this, if this comes back for the next cycle of it in November, you know, restaurants might say I'm, we're getting out of the business. And I think that's the fear. I don't, I really feel like this is going to drastically change how many mom and pop type restaurants there are. I don't, I don't think we'll ever see that again. I think that, that there, the fact that this has happened it was always sort of the fear, I think, in the restaurant industry that like it's such like I said, it's a, such a high wire act that if anything happened, you were done. The fact that it's been proven that something can happen, it will discourage a lot of people from getting into into this industry. You know, that's yeah, that's, that's it's, uh, it's, it's a sad reality. I mean, do you think that there's a responsibility like of big like, kind of like how startups have like venture funds and, and kind of. Um, tech accelerators maybe they'll be like the danny myers and the thomas kellers and the david changs of the world that will like kind of be the venture capitalists of the restaurant industry and kind of fund these little startups the way that they you know way that venture capitalists fund startups maybe they'll have to be take the reins and start funding restaurants and chefs in order to um open up these restaurants and and i don't know i mean i don't know what that world looks like maybe there's going to be having to be like a whole ecosystem change of how this stuff gets funded and how, um, you know, I mean, regardless of how that ends up, there's definitely, there's definitely going to have to be a shift towards more delivery, more takeout, um, and in using, you know, kind of a rapid acceleration of, of using that type of technology, um, right. in order to, to, for that's like first and foremost, uh, the sanitation, um, is obviously going to be a big part of it. Like I think David Chang tweeted out that like now there's an expectation in this industry that like, even if they do resume, um, there's going to have to be crazy sanitation, um, guidelines that go into place and restaurants need to like be prepared for that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny, you know, I, 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 uh, I found myself thinking of the fact that like, there have been so many chefs and restaurant owners that have like resisted takeout the last like two or three years. And it's, it's, it's crazy how life works, you know, like you, you have all these chefs resisting takeout and then, something like this happens and it's the only way they can survive is takeout. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even David Chang, you know, like he was, he was, I've, you know, listened to his podcast and he, at the outset, he was very hesitant to ever do takeout in his restaurants. He didn't like it. He didn't like delivery. He didn't think the food held up. Now you have a reality where you need to have that. You can't rely on just people in your restaurant anymore. So, you know, maybe maybe restaurants will just have to get very good at at at, at making the food, um, you know, more accessible for like takeout and delivery. I think that's the future. I don't I don't think that there could be a restaurant that just says I'm not doing takeout or pickup or anything like that. They're going to have to have different, um, you know, streams of revenue. Yeah, I mean, there's only there's not that many industries left that like require you to show up in person, you know, like. Right. You know, there's all everything in that area, in that in the in those industries are shifting towards like, like whether it's retail stores getting out of brick and mortar um, or even movies. Like we can talk about movie theaters and how they've had to rapidly shift. Uh, like, you know, movie studios are, are basically like saying, all right, we're going to bypass movie theaters and go right to, you know, releasing it uh, at home, which right, that, right. that those are, you know, that's something that they've been they've been also forced to confront um, as a result of this, too. Uh, they've been hesitant to 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 go straight to home theaters, but now they they have they have no other choice. So, I mean, 
it's just that's the way it's going to be. I mean, rather, you know, like the only remaining things that you, you know, like Broadway shows, like that's kind of the way that we've been pitching these restaurants is the only like reason you want to get up and go to a restaurant is if it's like a performance, like in a linear type of uh, a linear type of restaurant. Um, so that that's I mean, that's kind of those are the only ones that I mean, maybe they have some sort of angle to survive in the future. Um, in, in, but it, it's it's totally going to change the landscape. Yeah, I mean, even like, you know, group dining, you know, the fact that like it's going to take people a while to sort of like adjust to life again. I mean, this is a really disruptive thing. This isn't something that, you know, I think that like, you know, if you listen to Trump and you think that this is over by Easter, I think people are like, oh, maybe I could like kind of just go back to what I was doing when the reality sets in that this is going to be a lot longer. And then you have like two or three months of this it's going to take people a while to like really get out and to really go places as a group again. I think that the, the, the uh, methods of like social interaction are going to, people are going to really need to ease into this. And I mean, yeah, hurts- do, I guess that's a good conversation. Do you think that, do you think that once these, I mean, no one knows how this is going to be easy, if it's going to be like an easing up or if it's going to basically be like, here's the date we're going to open things back up. Like, do you think people will jump in, in kind of with all this pent up energy, just jump back into it? Or do you think it's going to take some time to get people ramped back up and, and going into you know restaurants and, and public spaces with a lot of people? I think that like you know you think about it like the, the when the virus you know hopefully dies down in the summer it's not like one day like June eighteenth it's just going to be gone. So I, I yeah. feel like people like forget that it's not like we're going to wake up one day and this thing's going to be like oh we're all good we're in the clear because there's no vaccine so. I feel like people are going to be cautious. Like they think they're going to be like, oh, let's go right back into going to a restaurant. But are you? You're always going to be cautious. You're always going to be like thinking like, okay, I can't touch this knife. I got to like bring the Purell with me because the virus is still going to be there. It's just going to be more like it won't be as contagious. But, you know, you could still get like it's like in the summer you could still get a stomach bug. You could still get another type of virus. You know, it's not like this thing's just going away. Right. I mean, I was listening to Bill Gates on CNN. That was great. If anyone yeah, should look up the recording great. of that. I don't know if he's going to do that anymore, but I'm obviously like the smartest person ever. Um, and he was talking about like, yeah, like, you know, he, he was they were talking about like whether even if Trump did say like, you know, easing or restri- like, you know, like you guys are ready to, you know, open back up, like get back to business. Like there's still going to be like until there's statistics that show that there's like a, a, a significant drop and, and it's, it's like within like a low percentage of the population has this thing. It's going to be really hard to get any, like there's no way, even if it's by Easter and he tells people to go out and, you know, enjoy your life. Like if like, you know, 30% of the population is like having this, this vibe, like there's no way people would, would want to uh, risk, risk that it's going to, no, at, at that point it makes no sense. It's only going to make the problem worse. So um yeah we're, we're i mean honestly in order to get the get through this we're we're, we're gonna have to be in this for the long haul so for at yeah, least three like, months you three can't months. just sort of right i think it's gonna be a two to three month thing i really feel like and and i know it sucks but if we do this right i feel like we can get through this versus like just sort of like okay let's be done after 15 days and then oh no it got worse again new york's still a mess like we have to go back to it like you know right. i mean it's uh it's pretty, you know, I, it's it's a pretty sobering reality right now, you know, just 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 watching, you know, what's happening in, in New York and and uh, I just people need to really 
stay home, honestly. Yeah, and they're like, you know, they're even saying like in in areas that it hasn't been hit hard yet, like you know, the worst thing you can do is 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 not be proactive and not ease up and ease up restrictions and you know, because every city is you know like New York is. At, at the point where they're like, oh, we wish we, we would have acted sooner. And every city is right. now at that point where even if you aren't seeing a lot of cases, then that's the time when you should be acting and, and right, overreacting. Right. You know, like that's the thing. It's like it's better to overreact in these situations. I know for the economy, like that's one thing, but public safety, it's like you can't put a price tag on that. Right. And like, you know, it's been said a million times on CNN, you know, Sanjay Gupta has been saying this, like the best case scenario is that we felt like it, at the end it was an overreaction. Yeah, like, exactly. And that's that's the easiest way to say it. Like if you if you feel like at the end of it, like, well, that wasn't why did we have to do that? That's amazing. That's good, unbelievable. Yeah. Then it worked. That That means it worked. Exactly. But after seeing all the spring breakers and, you know, people that aren't really taking this seriously i'm i'm, I'm kind of cautious about being too optimistic about how this is going to turn out but i know i know and knows? uh it i did also want to i i i did also want to bring up today um you know the it, the the um we did lose a significant um member of the food industry yesterday not sure if you saw this um Floyd Cardoz, a really, really prominent chef in New York, lost a battle to coronavirus. Um, It's pretty eerie because, uh, you know, I follow him on Instagram. Um, He had tweet he had uh, posted an Instagram last week saying he had checked himself into the hospital and uh, and he passed away. Um, For anyone that doesn't know Floyd Cardoz, definitely look him up. He's. he was the chef at one of Danny Meyer's restaurants uh, called Tabla in New York City. Uh, that place, um, it ended up closing. He ended up um, opening up a couple more restaurants. He opened up a couple restaurants in India. He's very like much responsible for bringing awareness to Indian cuisine in the U.S. In the U.S., which is maybe it'll be time for me to get into Indian cuisine because of this. Because I go. feel like. I feel like I, you know, I just haven't really explored that. I know you have more than me, uh, but he's, if you just read up on him, he really was a, a huge, huge figure and, uh, in sort of getting people to try that type of food and bringing it to the, to the mainstream in New York, especially, but, uh, yeah, huge, huge loss. A lot, a lot of chefs are, are posting stuff about him because a lot of people worked with him. They knew of him. Um, so yeah, big, big loss in the food industry. Yeah, it's funny because I not funny, I guess, but ironic that I, I was actually reading. I'm reading this book called Burn the Ice. Uh, it was recommended by The Ringer. Um, and it talks about like the American culinary revolution and how like it's we went through this heyday and it kind of predicts the end of how it's kind of eerie how it predicts that it's eventually going to end. Like um, I'm still kind of starting it. But the the one of the stories was talking about how Indian cuisine came to America. And there's all I just got to the section talking about Floyd Cardoz and how big his influence was. Um, and, you know, a lot of the Indian cuisine coming to America early on was very watered down and um, not really, you know, capturing the essence of the spices and the complexity of Indian cuisine. Um, and he was very much responsible for, like, bringing that authenticity into America and, and reigniting kind of the uh, the interest in Indian cuisine um, with some of his high-end restaurants. And it, it's now kind of proving, like, a lot of, like, people that worked with him and under him are, are carrying on like his, his, um, his actually, like, you know, his direction and 
um, in, in, in continuing his legacy uh, through the restaurants. So, yeah, it, it, it was just kind of eerie to, to read that section last night after talking to you about it. Oh, yeah. I mean, he had a lot of connections um, in terms of chefs that worked with him. Um, he worked with uh, Will Gadara, who ended up opening Eleven Madison. Um, he, he, you know, he worked with uh, obviously anyone in the Danny Meyer tree certainly, you know, worked with him. I mean, it's it's um, it's definitely a huge loss. He was also for anyone that watches Ugly Delicious. He was on one of the episodes of Ugly Delicious. He knew David Chang very well. I mean, he just yeah, huge loss. I couldn't believe it when I read it. Um, you know, even Thomas Keller was 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 talking about how influential he was. Um, so, you know, the coronavirus hitting the food industry, you know, in more ways than one on that one. But um, but yeah, so that's you know, I, I know it's not the a little bit of a downer podcast this week, but um. You know, I, you know, most importantly, you know, I hope hopefully we can get through this. Everyone stays safe and we can get back to talking about restaurants one day because that's what we love doing. But um, it's 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 hard to, to put to press pause on that. Uh, but it certainly, you know, allows us time to reflect on on just just everything that's going on. Exactly. I think that's the time. This is the time to kind of take a step back and um, spend time, you know, spend time with your loved ones and. Um, spend time on yourself, like meditation. A lot of people are getting into meditation and um, reading reading new books. And um, you know, there's any if there's anything good that can come out of it, it's 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 at least being able to spend some time with yourself. And you know, obviously, our thoughts are with everyone. Um, you know, battling this, and anyone that has family members battling this virus, and all the first responders. Um, I mean, it's pretty unbelievable to see, like, when you when a country is pushed to the brink like this, um, seeing all of the heroes that emerge and all the stories we've seen some amazing stories of, of first responders and her, you know, nurses that have really sacrificed, you know, without the proper equipment, just going right. in there and, and really just doing the right thing. And, um, it, 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 it makes me tear up every time I, I see a story like that. So can't really I say know, enough it, about those people. It brings out, you know, this kind of stuff brings out the best in us. Um, it really does. So, We'll get through this. We just have to, you know, just be smart for the next three, three months. People, be smart. Don't don't think that this is just temporary. I mean, just just like I said, like act as if you have it. That's like, you know, and 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 we'll feel like it's an overreaction if it works. Right, exactly. That's that's the best advice you can give people is just act like everyone has it. Act like you have right. it. And uh, that's the I mean, that's the way you have to treat it, at least for the next the foreseeable future. I mean, there's no light at the end of the tunnel, but uh, going, I mean, obviously food pales in comparison. This whole just conversation of food pales in comparison to everything going on outside of the food world. But, um, you know, if there's anything you can do supporting the local, your local, re- local restaurant. Um, I know there's a bunch of, if you follow them on Instagram and Twitter, there's a bunch of like funds being started by, um, so the local, some of the local chefs and restaurant owners, um, and also just being able to just go and order takeout from, from some of these restaurants. I know, Right, um, we right. can give some shout outs here. Uh, Pammy's here in Cambridge. Ooh. Unbelievable. If you have, I mean, honestly, the nicest people, um, the best bolognese we ever had. It, it, it really holds up takeout. So go and get it if you live around the Cambridge area. Um, I, I Is it only takeout? Is it takeout only? I think it is. Yeah, right? it's takeout only. Delivery? It's takeout only. And um, and uh, and just like Google places that are doing takeout now, support a local restaurant. You know, that one night a week you were going to go out to dinner Go get some like bomb takeout and uh, and right. just you and know, give a give a healthy tip. 
Yeah, give a healthy tip. Maybe buy a gift card if you're thinking about going to a restaurant after they reopen. Go get a gift card that because I'm, you know, most of these restaurants are doing a type of thing where you know at least 50% of that money will go towards just the workers and um, you know that have been furloughed or have been laid off or or whatever. Um, you know, this is these people are really hurting. So do what you can. Support your local restaurants any way you can, and uh, and then hopefully, hopefully soon we'll be we'll be back talking about you know actually going to these places right all right yep all right well uh all right that's that's a short short and sweet but we'll uh we'll probably be back at some point to kind of yeah it's like therapy at this point just like talking right, through right. you know have to, having something to talk about um even right. though we don't we'll be, anything yeah. else really. so we'll uh we'll be back at some point maybe talk you guys through the <laughs> through the quarantine uh, a little bit you know if you're bored but uh but yeah we'll be back and uh you know just just everyone stay healthy yep stay safe everyone we'll talk to you soon